0: Welcome to the Healing Hub Podcast, a podcast dedicated to those living with CRPS and designed to provide hope and empower you to reach your goals and your dreams. I'm your host, Dr. Tracy Patterson. Join me weekly where we will be discussing CRPS, sharing personal stories, and even talking with guests. Welcome to the Healing Hub Podcast. This is Dr. Tracy Patterson, and I'm your host. And I'm so glad that you're able to join me on this exciting episode. On today's podcast, I'll be discussing things that I am extremely passionate about. Why traditional treatments aren't helping the majority of CRPS patients. Talking about my protocol holistic center treatment for CRPS... And hearing from a family whose daughter was diagnosed with CRPS at nine years old. Yes, it's a jam-packed episode, and I'm sure you're not going to want to even miss a minute of it. So let's jump in. I know when we start our journey with CRPS, the bottom line is we're looking for answers. Answers to why are we in so much pain. Answers about our diagnosis answers about treatment options. We're turning to physicians as the experts to find these answers. But what happens when they don't have the answers? What happens when they're just as perplexed about our diagnosis as we are? Trust me, if I'm in an auto accident, if I have a stroke, if I have a heart attack, if I break an arm, I wanna be in the United States where we have the best medical care in the world. But when it comes to CRPS, most traditional treatments simply aren't working. Our journey with CRPS can start in any number of ways. It could be a surgery, a strain, a sprain, a fracture, someone who's been in an auto accident or even a fall, a snowboarding accident, I've even had one young lady that it started following four mosquito bites. The reality is there are too many ways the CRPS can start. And we don't have enough information or research to specifically know what causes CRPS in one person, but not another. Now, my own personal opinion, I believe it's a perfect storm in the brain that leads to CRPS. CRPS occurs when the nervous system and the immune system malfunction as they respond to an injury or even tissue damage or even an illness. There's an inciting event, that one particular thing that triggers it. It could be an injury, a repetitive strain or sprain or a surgery. And many times there's a lot of stress in that person's life right around that time. Now, if we look out about 90 days or up to 90 days, most of the individuals perhaps even had a drop in their immune system, thus creating that perfect storm in the brain, which can lead to CRPS. So the big question is, why are so many traditional treatments not working for CRPS patients? And how do you find a treatment that will truly work? from the start of our journey, we may see our primary care physician, a neurologist, a rheumatologist, or even a pain management doctor to rule out other diagnosis to find out what's truly happening in the body. But the problem is there's not one specific test for CRPS. Therefore, we have to rule out any other possible diagnosis And then they go through the Budapest criteria to see if we have CRPS. Now, there are some patients like myself that were considered lucky, meaning I received my diagnosis fairly quickly. But the problem is there are other patients that see dozens and dozens of doctors prior to receiving their diagnosis. And I've even had some patients that were undiagnosed or misdiagnosed for years. Now, once we finally do receive that diagnosis, it can be devastating to hear those words that follow. Personally, I heard so many different things. Initially, I was told there's good news and there's bad news. The bad news is you have complex regional pain syndrome, CRPS, and it's considered a rare incurable disease. But I'll do my best to get you into remission because I think we caught it early. Wow. That hit hard. The reality is it was like a punch in the gut and my head was spinning leaving that appointment and I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. I had a ton of questions and honestly very few answers. So I started my own research and I had to resort to looking it up online and what I saw was absolutely devastating. How could there be a diagnosis like this in the 21st century? And how could there not be a set treatment regimen or a cure for something like CRPS? But I quickly discovered that CRPS is poorly understood and there's no clear-cut treatment regimen and no clear path forward that'll give us those answers. So as time went on, I had to wonder how was this possible? And there were other times that I felt like I was living in this crazy dream. And what followed was a slippery slope that a lot of CRPS patients are faced with. And that is the standard treatments that we're presented with. So if we look at the standard treatments that most CRPS patients are faced with, they're going to include any number of these local blocks, regional blocks, sympathetic blocks, physical therapy or occupational therapy, medications, spinal cord stimulators, nerve ablation, and even pain pumps. Now, more and more patients are even turning to ketamine for relief. It's the new go-to for CRPS patients. For me personally, I did a low-dose oral ketamine suspension for a few years. I never did the high-dose ketamine infusions because at the time, there were no studies showing the impact that high-dose ketamine had on the body over a long period of time, and that was a concern for me. Now, today, there are studies available that show some long-term effects, but we still need more studies. There's one study that noted that long-term use of ketamine exposes the patient to ulcerative cystitis ulcers. Another researcher also noted that people using ketamine on a medium to a higher dosage on a daily basis demonstrated neurocognitive impairment, meaning it changes the way the brain is thinking. And there's even two additional studies showing that ketamine present in urine can cause damage to the epithelial lining of the bladder, which allows urine to penetrate into underlying tissues which in turn causes inflammation and can cause extreme pain in the bladder. Now, think about most CRPS patients. Depending on how long they've had CRPS and where it's at, a lot of CRPS patients will talk about bladder issues or chronic urinary tract infections. For those people doing ketamine, there is a direct connection there. Now, any of these possible side effects can be terrifying. They can be frustrating. So that's when each individual really needs to ask themselves, is a short-term relief really worth the potential side effects? It's all risk versus reward. And that's the way I look at it with any treatment, any medication, any procedure, any surgery. It's always risk versus reward. Now, another treatment that I just mentioned a few minutes ago was a spinal cord stimulator. Now, the very thought of that scared the hell out of me, to be honest with you. Yet, when I felt that my back was against a wall, I gave in, just like a lot of patients. Yes, I personally went through not one, but two spinal cord stimulators and a battery change. And unfortunately for me, it actually caused my CRPS to spread from my left foot and ankle all the way up to my shoulders. Now, the last spinal cord stimulator that I had actually caused a buildup of scar tissue on the dura, and I was told if it didn't come out, not only could I be paralyzed, I'd still have CRPS. I was told it was a rare case, but the reality is there's a lot of possible complications with spinal cord stimulators the patients are never told about. So let's look at some of the recognized side effects of spinal cord stimulators. Complications can include infections following the implantation, neurological injury, epidural hematoma, skin erosion, fibrosis, dural puncture, pain, allergic reactions, the list goes on and on. But the most significant complication results from the actual implanting of the device, the spinal cord stimulator, into the body. Because whether we realize it or not, the leads or the paddle go right next to the spinal cord. As a matter of fact, some patients end up having to do what they call partial laminectomies or full laminectomies, which is affecting the vertebrae to be able to put in a spinal cord stimulator in the leads. And there are some patients that have such severe scarring that they can't even take out the leads, even if it's medically necessary. Now medical devices comprise, wait for it, a $400 billion industry in the United States. And there are investigations by different international consortiums looking at what are the adverse effects, what are the real outcomes with spinal cord stimulators. Now, there was a report published in 2018, and most patients have never heard about this study. But if you're thinking about getting a spinal cord stimulator, you need to know about it. You need to do your homework, and you need to go two or three steps beyond your physician, beyond the DME company and their rep, and really do your homework. Look at the FDA sites, look at the other sites, to find out What are the complications with that particular device? Now, investigators interviewed patients and doctors and even whistleblowers, and they poured over millions of records and even recall notices. And they found that 1.7 million people had injuries, 1.7 million injuries. There were 83,000 deaths attributed to spinal cord stimulators. Let it sink in for a second over 50 recalls since 2005. Yet most CRPS patients are having spinal cord stimulators pushed on them by their pain management doctors. I've even had a few people tell me if they refused a spinal cord stimulator, their pain management doctor told them they would no longer see them. They're telling patients that the spinal cord stimulator is a gold standard, and it's the only thing that's going to help. It's as if they're selling a treatment to you. But keep in mind, the spinal cord stimulator has the potential to have negative life-changing implications. That is not always the case. But the more CRPS patients you talk to, the more CRPS patients you're going to find that had spinal cord stimulators and had adverse effects. Unfortunately, CRPS and chronic pain patients represent a massive economic gain to both DME companies and pharmaceutical companies, and that's the raw truth. We, CRPS patients, in essence, are the cash cows for these industries. It's an instant payday every single time we spend 10 minutes in the doctor's appointment the DME companies, the pharmaceutical companies, they're not interested in getting us out of pain. Instead, they're interested in making money from us. Unfortunately, medicine has turned into a business and it's a big business that's not necessarily benefiting all the patients. And again, don't get me wrong, I am not anti-traditional medicine. There is a time and a place for treatments, for medications, for procedures, and for surgeries. But when they're not working, it's time to truly step outside of that box, to step away from the stuff that's not helping us move forward. Now, traditional medicine is essentially just treating the symptoms, and that's not working when it comes to CRPS. It didn't work for me, and the reality is is it's not working for the majority of CRPS patients because they're continuing to get worse and not better. Now the big thing you need to know is that our body is meant to heal, to heal from the inside. So think about that. If we get a cut on our finger, we form a scab at the top, and then the cut heals from the inside out. Our body is meant to heal. And our body can't function properly when we're not in balance or in homeostasis. Now, I knew for myself, after living with seven years of type 2 CRPS spread, that when I finally got into remission, I changed my trajectory in life. I knew that my whole future just took a dramatic turn because I didn't want other CRPS patients to go through what I did for seven years. And that is exactly why I've dedicated my life to helping you and helping other CRPS patients. Hearing the things that I heard, hearing, You have the most volatile case of CRPS that I've ever seen. Being told that there's nothing more that they can do for me when they pulled out my last spinal cord stimulator. Being a literal human guinea pig where we were flipping cancer protocols into pain protocols. I was doing absolutely crazy things because I felt like my back was against the wall and I was willing to do it. And I'm sure many of you can relate to those statements. I endured painful treatments that actually pushed me further into fight and flight. And there were even a few treatments that I did looking back that the reality is I risked my life for a chance at a pain-free life because I was willing to do anything. And I know that sounds familiar to the majority of people that have been living with CRPS for a while. But what I want you to hear and what I want you to know is that you don't have to go through all of that. You don't have to be the human guinea pig. You don't have to endure in painful treatments or modalities to get better. You don't have to spend months on end at a facility to get better. You don't have to spend tens of thousands of dollars to get better. And you don't have to sit on a nine plus month waiting list to get the treatment that you truly need and that you deserve. Now, there are days that I just want to yell from the top of a mountain that there is hope and there is help. And I want to share this message with every single CRPS patient around the world. You can manage CRPS. You can regain your life. You can have a future following a diagnosis of CRPS, and you can gain remission. And I'm living proof of it. My patients are living proof of that too. Keeping in mind, our body is meant to heal. It's meant to be in homeostasis, and it's intrinsically designed to heal from the inside. Sometimes it just needs a little help. It needs a little nudge. And that's why I created Holistic Center Treatment Protocol, to help other CRPS patients regain their lives just like I was able to do. So I look at treating the whole person, not just the symptoms. And the bottom line is when we're working with the entire body as a whole, and we know the anatomy, the biology, the physiology of the body, then we can help the body get back into homeostasis. We can help it to heal even with CRPS. The Holistic Center Treatment Protocol is designed to assist you first and foremost of getting out of fight and flight, that sympathetic overload, because that is what's driving a CRPS. Then we can start working on breaking the pain loop, managing stress and anxiety, addressing depression, addressing PTSD for those living with it, and allowing you to start gaining the tools to have a fulfilled life again. Now we do this with working with the entire body, not just the symptoms. Working with the biology of pain, neuroplasticity, cutting edge science all put together. This is a multi-modality protocol that includes the treatment modalities or laser, low level light therapy, PEMF, neuroplasticity training, biofeedback, neurofeedback, microcurrent when it's appropriate, working with EMDR, vagus nerve stimulation, clinical hypnosis, etc. The protocol is individualized to meet your specific needs and goals. So unlike other programs, this is not a cookie cutter program. We will listen to you and adapt the protocol to your specific needs. And there's nothing in our protocol that's going to put you over the top and increase your pain level. I believe that causing more pain in a CRPS patient actually pushes our body further into fight and flight. Now, there are other programs that state you have to endure pain. You have to be able to push through it. You have to learn to live with your pain. There's even one program out there that says, gosh, it might feel like you're holding on to an electric fence, but you have to do that to get better. Why? Why Would a CRPS patient have to go through that? And this is what makes us different and allows us to see remarkable change in our patients in a short period of time. Essentially, we're redefining that healing experience through the integration of holistic modalities with cutting-edge science. It's a 360-degree individualized approach to treating CRPS as a whole. We offer a two-week intensive that's customized to meet your specific needs. And throughout those two weeks, we're going to layer in different modalities to assist your body to get back into balance, to get into homeostasis. And each and every day, you're going to see progress. You're going to be able to decrease your pain levels, decrease stress, anxiety, depression, address PTSD, increase restorative sleep, and help your body make the adaptions you need. And many people are gaining long-term remission. Plus, you're gonna go home with a 90-day home program and have follow-up during that time. Now, there are other programs that are gonna insist that you have to be there for a minimum of 12 weeks to make progress. They believe that their way is the only way. But by adapting a protocol to your needs, we can enact amazing change in a short two-week time frame and then being able to send you home with that 90-day home program so you can do that from the comfort of your home, not needing to be away. My philosophy assists with systemic neural adaption, balancing the autonomic nervous system, and getting the body back into homeostasis. That is how you're going to heal, and that is how you're going to beat CRPS. Now, I've had the privilege of treating patients from around the world. I've seen patients that felt like they had exhausted every treatment option out there. I've even seen patients that have been treated at some of the top facilities, including the Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic, Johns Hopkins, Stanford, UCLA, USC, etc. And you need to know you can do this. You have help, you have resources. And I want to leave you with that hope. Now I want to share a candid talk that I had with a daily family. Their daughter was diagnosed with CRPS at nine years old. And her journey and her story, I am positive, will resonate with so many people and parents that are living with their children having a CRPS. So let's tap into that conversation. So you guys saw me in February 2021. Tell me a little bit about what your daughter was going through before, before seeing me, or what are some of the things that you guys did prior to seeing me?
1: So I'll start with the narrative since I've almost got it memorized in my head. So in the summer of 2020, our daughter was out playing with other kids. Came home. Came in later that evening with four what looked like huge mosquito bites. Uh, swollen inflamed and you know it was summer so she said that she had leg pain and she felt like there was a burning sensation in her leg so I thought wow those are some tough mosquitoes and we just thought they were mosquito bites and she'd be fine that was like on a Wednesday Thursday she kept complaining there was pain we took her to a local pediatrician who said maybe she just got like the area had been infected by the mosquito bites gave her a topical uh, antibiotic, some cortisone, Benadryl, you know, the, the things that you normally give. By Friday, it was so bad that the pain she could hardly walk, and that's when we went to actual urgent care at a hospital. They didn't really know what was going on, and they, that's when they started the blood work and started doing testing. Right it just got progressively worse. She lost feeling in her right leg. Uh, I couldn't touch her leg. She couldn't, I mean everything hurt her. She couldn't shower. I mean it, it was almost immediate. We saw her pediatrician. From there we saw specialists. We saw rheumatologist, neurologist. I mean the most invasive testing that I wouldn't wish on any person, let alone a child. They had one, there was one visit we had with the doctor, they literally took 21 vials of blood from her that they wouldn't even let her leave the chair after they'd taken so much blood out of her. then uh, they gave her, you know, some orange juice to let her lay there for a while. So we started on our journey of trying to find answers, you know. I, I was on social media, I was on every website known to man, and of course, God forbid, when you go on Google, you know, you Google things. Because, you know, it could be everything from she's turning into a dinosaur to she's going to die to she's... I We didn't know. She finally got uh, assigned a neurologist and a rheumatologist. Mm-hmm. And they were looking at two angles, you know, of treatment for her. One from possibly an autoimmune disease to even... This particular, and we're saying mosquito bites because we'll truly never know what it was, but we think it was bites. They're looking at from a neurological standpoint of it kind of making the system go haywire. Mm-hmm. But they also put her on so many medications over time, everything from steroids to, I mean, I I can't even remember all the names, of all the medications. And you know, as a desperate parent, literally desperate hardly sleeping at all because I'm looking. I'm trying to do my own research, you know, trying to be an informed parent. Um, They even put her on medications that made her hallucinate or gave her like severe nightmares at night, and obviously we took her off those. And finally, after months, so this started probably in August of 2020, and you know we moved to Idaho in November, so that created some chaos for us as well because she already had those two assigned doctors that were almost to the point where they would take my immediate call directly, but they just assigned a team of doctors for her to her uh, at this major hospital, Children's Hospital downtown in Los Angeles, and I want to say there was a panel of uh, probably five doctors, six doctors in this group, and everything from we even tried anti-inflammatory diets, we tried, I mean, we there's so many things that we tried with her. We kept her active with exercise, but we had to take her out of, you know, sports. Thank goodness we had started homeschooling because she would not have been able to go to school. The rheumatologist finally suggested that there was a great possibility this was CRPS. Of course, I was like, okay, I've got maybe something to work with because now we know that... So Google that that, and then... Yeah, I Google that and so I started finding all these CRPS sites on Facebook. Now... Now I've become like my CRPS expert i something, thinking, okay, let's see maybe this. And there was clinics all over the, the country, all over the world. I mean, at this point, we were ready to try anything. As Christians, we also prayed and like said, Lord, you know, you made her, you know, how to, you know how to fix her. And one crazy night, it like late at night, I don't know, at 11 or so at night, was at, I'm on these sites. And I'm asking questions and, you know, I'm looking at, I mean, it literally consumed me because I was looking at every for CRPS at least from like what I know now. It's not a one size fits all. Right. So for some people, it helped with the or the anti-inflammatory diet. Some people help with this. Whatever. None of that stuff worked. But like somebody will post something on these CRPS sites, and then there could be 200 comments. So mm-hmm. I don't read all of them. And what that one night? Oh my gosh! I get emotional thinking about it. Is somebody mentioned a Dr. Tracy Patterson? in Newport Beach, and we had just moved to Idaho. I remember when I saw that, I was so mad, because I thought, we just came from California. Like, that was, not down the street from us, but within an hour or less. And so, I emailed you, and you called me the next day, and (laughs) I think I remember asking you, I said, wait, who is this again? Because I thought maybe it was your like secretary, office, you know, office person. And you said, this is Dr. Tracy Patterson. And I said, oh, the Dr. Tracy Patterson. And I, I said, oh, my goodness, I didn't expect you to call me. And you talked to me on the phone. Um, I don't remember if my husband was there or not. But you talked to me on the phone for and literally an hour and a half. And I remember I, because I... All night, I'd Googled all your information. I, I, I mean, I knew your sight forwards and backwards because I was thinking, oh my gosh, this might be it. And so after you and I got off the phone and you told me you had this concierge service, which even worked better for us because now we don't live in California, I talked to my husband and we we're like, let's, let's, let's do this. And we continued our treatment because you weren't going to be able to come out for a minute. And it was the holidays. And, well, we might, I forget maybe when we found maybe it was around January or December, some later. Not. not yeah. So I think
0: it came out in February. Yeah, um,
1: so of twenty twenty one this year. Yes. Yeah, so it may have, may have been December, January when I found you, and then we said book it, get her. I mean, we wanted you out as soon as possible right. because the stuff, the methodologies or the the the, the techniques you used were something we had not tried.
0: Ron, you were there the first day I came. I remember that. What were your thoughts kind of going into this whole process?
2: Just to kind of uh, go back into the thing with regards to, because I travel back and forth for work, uh, back to when we were kind of still in California before we had ultimately came out to Idaho, is Riley had had a biopsy on, like a three-spot biopsy on Mm -hmm. her leg that was affected, and... Uh, The place that we had do it through our insurance botched it, so that was even more frustration from the standpoint. Uh, They said they were temporary stitches. The stitches were in like two months. We ultimately had somebody remove those stitches, which Uh were permanent stitches. And then they ultimately scheduled her for general uh, type procedure where they were going to put her under in order to check on like inflammation of like Uh her blood vessels or something. And are for
1: vasculitis.
2: Yeah. So so long and short of that, if you haven't heard, there's this virus going around or whatever. They had a big outbreak of that nonsense. <laughs>
1: Something and,
0: called COVID. <laughs> is that what it was?
2: <laughs> I wasn't sure if you'd heard about it, so yeah. I didn't want to get too technical. But they had a huge breakout of that there, and all non-elective surgeries and stuff were kind of shut down. Right. So we ultimately moved to Idaho, and I think it was kind of a godsend that that happened. Because I wasn't a big fan of that, it, you know, mm-hmm. from, from her having to go through that between all the vials of blood and the biopsies and all the other stuff and no yeah. answers, like mm-hmm. zero answers. And they were just pushing more meds. And no relief.
0: And I yeah, think it's hard relief. enough for an adult to go through yeah. it, like, but then to have a nine-year-old going yeah. through that, it's...
2: And, and even in looking at some of the medication and stuff, I, I started, you know, as a concerned parent. At first, I was kind of like, not... You know, writing it off or whatever. I was like, ah, dude, this is just a little phase we're going through, it, and it just kept kind of building and building and building. And when I started researching some of the medication, the side effects, and everything else, and they started throwing out words like suicidal ideation and stuff like that, I was right. kind of like, and then she was having nightmares and stuff. I was like, from a developmental standpoint, I'm no doctor, but as her body's starting to develop and stuff like that, the last thing we want to do is continue to pound her, you know, basically not hormones, but medications that are going to alter her blood chemistry and her development. Right. And so uh, I've always been a big proponent of kind of the brain body connection and hypnosis, self-hypnosis, meditation, etc. So when I can distinctly remember, she had hit me up um, I had flown back in late Thursday nights was my normal schedule, flying out Mondays, coming back in late Thursday night, she was like, you got to watch this video. You got to watch this video. And I can distinctly remember watching, I believe it was a YouTube video. Your video. Uh, and it was about your deal. And, and I- I've delved into that end of things right. with like biofeedback and all that of kind course. of stuff. And I'm, I'm a huge proponent of that, I guess, alternative medicine type yeah, stuff. Yeah,
0: alternative and holistic. And I think yep. there's, it's just like you just said, I think there's a lot of times that We take the traditional road, and we're all taught that if we get sick, we go to the doctor, and they're going to make us better. They give us a pill, there's a procedure, Mm -hmm. there's a surgery, there's something that's going to make us better. But when that doesn't work, then all of a sudden we've got to start looking outside the box, so to say. To yeah. say, what are some of these other things? We may not know a whole lot about them, but there's definitely something to that mind-body connection. And, that you're and I, abso-
2: about. I absolutely believe in that. Like, th- there's no way fans or butts about it from that from that standpoint. Even before Riley had her situation, and ultimately, I watched the video and she's like, "What do you think?" Because I think she had gone to bed at that point, and I well, I forget it was maybe like 20 minute video mm-hmm. or 10 minute video or something. And then I was like, uh, I mean, it was right up the alley of, hey, you know, this is. You know, And and I'm a big proponent. There's people that learn about it and and study it and everything, and then there's folks that not only learn about it and study it, but have also lived through it and had success, as in your case, Mm -hmm. with regards to the stuff. So that kind of uh, gave you a little bit more legitimacy in my mind than just, you know, not that they're not qualified, but somebody that would have empathy for the person that they were treating. And I wouldn't say we were at our wit's end or whatever, but I think we had kind of exhausted the traditional medicine thing. It wasn't like she had a broken bone and she right. needed surgery or something. You know, so it was one of those things where uh, we had kind of checked that box off and said, hey, look, uh, we need to kind of look at this from a different, uh, you know, kind of shift the paradigm a little bit mm-hmm. and look at it from a different way. And that's when we ran into you. And uh, and,
1: and and I will say, to, to piggyback on that, I literally had had I'd looked into many of these clinics. I, I could, I mean, I don't remember what all hospitals are now, but Spiro Clinic, all these clinics. I, like, I could tell you everything about every one of them because we had started to consider that. Right. So I'll be honest with you. One of the other things was I looked at this as a complete godsend that we found you because it was almost odd that your prices were so reasonable, and I was like, well, how is that so? Because I mean, I'd already looked into what it would cost to go to some of these other children's mm-hmm. hospitals that specialize in that, so you and your practice almost caught us off guard that it was so reasonable because I thought, wait, what? I mean, it's not, I mean, I'm not saying it's like cheap, but compared to what I know the prices were at some of these other places. So that was another thing that factored in because I thought.
0: And I think it it does make a difference. And as somebody that lived with CRPS and spent, unfortunately, to say a quarter of a million dollars outside of insurance to try and get my life back, You know, I've been all over the world and been treated with all these different places and, you know, spent tens of thousands of dollars at each place. And when you're not getting better, you know, for me, it was about how do we set this up in a way that we can help as many people as possible, but yet do it in a way that we're not putting a second mortgage on a house. We're not selling all of our possessions or having to fundraise for a year to be able to even get treatment. Yeah. So, you know, to me, those are all forefront when I'm looking at how do we move this forward.
1: Yes, and I, I can, I almost thought it was too good to be true because I, I like I said, I'd done my research. I mean, I, it was an obsession of mine for a while. I'd done my research, so I thought, wow, this seems too good to be true, but I mean, what have I got to lose? I've, we've got nothing yet, right? Right. And our, high, our child is being highly medicated because, you know, if we had no other alternative. You know, I, what I will say is, you came, and it was... I think in society right now, it's, it's, it's just a quick fix. Take a pill, take a pill, take a pill, take a pill. And, you know, we have... We, at one point, I told you before, uh, her neurologist, who was assigned to her, said, I know what you're probably going to say, but I need to ask you anyway, because we were at a point of death point. They wanted to put her on op- opioids. And I said, absolutely not. Like, that... I, I mean, as desperate as we were, we were, like... That is not going to happen. She's nine years old. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want that on an adult because, you know, with my background, I know the effects of opioids. uh, But I know people get so desperate that that's, you know, I guess their their end all. So when you came, I remember, I mean, you were very specific with us on the work that needed to get done. And it requires work. It's not a just take a pill and you're going to be fine. Right. But we literally did everything you told us. And I tell people this, I said, because you told us this too. So we like really repeated what you said. Some people can get, we were, we were, I I don't even know if there's such a thing as, you know, on a scale of one to 10, a 20, you know, pain level. I mean, I don't even know if that exists, but you said some patients can get to zero at, at, you know, by the end of the week. That's not everybody. Right. And so, of course, you always want to be that person. But we didn't get to, to zero. You're right.
0: And I think that's one of the misconceptions when people look at testimonials or they're talking to other people, they feel like, but that person got to a zero. Why didn't I get to a zero at the end of the intensive? But just the same as I told you, I tell every single person I work with is the fact that there's also a 90 day home program. There's yeah. also follow up during that program. And it's meant to help facilitate getting down to that zero pain level, or for people that are at a zero pain level to be able to stay where they need to be. And you're right, you guys didn't get there, but
1: you're there now. You got us to a five by the time you left, and then she bounced around a little bit to a five, six, and seven. We got, we, and, but we, we knew that nobody, no medication had even gotten us to, to those pain levels like, it lowered, like nothing we had tried. And so I saw the work. I saw it, it was going to take some work. And and I remember that when Riley started coming down, then we got stuck. We got stuck at a six and we couldn't come down. And you were so amazing because you, uh, I, I, I don't remember if I emailed or texted you, but you were very responsive. And we, we did another session and it was like, because she had plateaued. And yeah, so we set up a telehealth, so we did telehealth to kind of help break the plateau. And it broke it, and it was like, oh, thank you, God. So then we worked and worked and worked and worked, and I forget where we got stuck again at a three or four. It was like five. And it was five, and, and then and we said, okay, Dr. Tracy, we're stuck, we can't, and then you, we had another telehealth, mm-hmm. and it broke it again, and I was like, and then we may have had another phone call like towards the end, and then... We got her down to a zero in May. I have the date in my phone somewhere, and we were thanking God. We were. I let you know immediately. Absolutely. Because it worked. I mean, it required work. It wasn't a quick fix. It did, and I think that's one of the things people
0: need to hear, and they need to understand that I'm not working with a ton of mechanical age. Yes, there are some things that can do a little bit of work for us, but if we're, you're now ten. So you were nine when I treated you. You're 10 years old now. You're pain-free. Awesome. Happy dance. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reality is, is if we have machines or mechanical aids doing it all for us, and we hit a bump in the road down the road, how do we fix it? What do we do? And I think that's what's lacking as some of these other clinics is the fact that they're doing it all for them. So then they get home and they flounder because they don't know what to do, or their stress levels go up, or their activity levels go up, and something happens, and all of a sudden, You know, they're like, gosh, I'm back at square one. Now what? But because you guys did the work and you put in the time and the effort, dare to say you're golden. Being able to use that neuroplasticity and rewire the brain and get yourself back and that you got a new bike. So you're biking and you're homeschooling and you're doing all the things you want to do. So I think that's awesome.
2: And we reintroduced, just in a row, we reintroduced her to to tumbling and... and, uh, like gymnastics and stuff like right. that. So um, and we haven't had any, I mean, other than just the regular kind of overexertion type stuff. Right. We haven't had any pain, weakness, et cetera. Which that, is awesome. And I think that's it. one
0: of the things that we talked about the intensive was not having to live in a bubble, being able to get out there and do all the things that you want to do. And I remember you talking to me about tumbling and wasn't it gymnastics cheer. and stuff. Yeah. And cheer. I remember having those conversations with you. So it is about giving you the ability to go back and doing
1: all the things you want to do and then some. I mean, we followed your protocols to a T. I owe all that to, to you because all of modern medicine in 2021, nobody could give us any answers. And not only did we get answers, but we got relief, and we've got our life back, or her life back. Right? Because I could care less about mine. It's your, you know, as a parent. But our kids are our life. So. Yeah. And so, here we are. We're
0: at the end of September, almost yeah. October. Miss Riley, you've been pain free for how many months? Five, Five Go months. Five months. Awesome. Side. Great thing for people to hear and know. See, so you went from what your mom said would have been a 20 down and dropped it down and then did your 90 day and got to a zero pain level and you're still at a zero pain level and you're tumbling and biking and doing all the things you want to do, huh? Yeah. Awesome. So what would you guys say to anybody else that had a child or an, even an adult that was diagnosed with CRPS? Words of wisdom be to them.
1: Well, first and foremost, try Dr. Tracy before you try anything else. And this is not like some ad. It's like my, our real life tragedy story turned happily ever after, you know? And sorry, I get emotional, (laughs) but um, because what's out there to treat these are, I mean, especially in a child, for an adult as well. They, they lead to a lot of other things that become addictive or, or I just don't think are helpful Right to the level that this is. I mean, this is like this is something real. It's work. Now, it, again, it requires a patient to have that mindset that they're going to put the work in. This mm-hmm. is not a quick fix. No. But if somebody is in that much pain, like a CP- CRPS patient, I would think that they'd be willing to try anything and do the work. But it requires work, but it's worth it. And literally everything you said, everything you did, we followed like like the Bible. It was like follow this for this we did it for this amount of time and, and it worked. And after see I mean when you have a team of doctors at a major national hospital, you know, and I won't say the name, a team of doctors who don't know even what to help, and you have to repeat your story like 50 million times to each one of these doctors and then you know they also uh want to add medications on top i mean it's a quick it's the pill it's the right. pill and it's just treating the symptoms it's and not getting
0: down to what what's caused this or what's perpetuating it it's just the symptoms and unfortunately that doesn't work with crps it's a banding it's right. a
1: band-aid. and so i is i mean i've told you this before and i'm say this, but I'm serious, like you walk on water because these other places I feel like maybe they may have, these hospitals these whatever that treat quote unquote CRP patients or patients with chronic pain, it's become a business and it's become a business for profit right? Um, because they know people in our situations are willing to do whatever it takes even, you know, mortgage their house do whatever, right. I mean, what, what wouldn't a parent want to do for their child, right? And so I I, I don't care where in the world they have to fly to to see you or you to them. I 100% say you not you need to check out what you have to offer. I mean, we're, we're, we're a happily live ever after story, you awesome. know. And I believe in everything you did and you're the only one who's been able to, to get us to where we are right now. Well, I appreciate that.
2: If I can just add to that is, I mean, I guess hindsight being 2020, what I would tell anybody that was, out here um, listening would be, we probably, I I can't even say probably, I would say that if we had it to do over, we would have went this route first, as opposed to doing the other um, traditional medicine type stuff, if we had it to do over. And I would just say that um, with that, I think, not with the quick fix types, especially if you have a child or anything else, and how it affects not only the sports and everything else, but how it affects the parents, and if you're an adult, how it ultimately affects your career and ability to be social and everything else, is you're looking for that least invasive technique or treatment to give you the most positive result. And your techniques, at least in our case, were leaps and bounds above the results we got when we tried the other stuff. So if I was recommending anything to them, I would tell them, hey, look, even though it's outside insurance, at least it wasn't our case, that uh, I would look at that as opposed to doing the traditional masking the symptoms, not getting to the root cause of exactly um, what potentially it could be that, that's causing this, this aggravation or whatever. Not, that would be just without going in circle.
1: This is like tried and true. And you've helped so many people. And one of the other things we love about you is some people can be sympathetic about this disease, but you were truly empathetic because you've been there. So, you, when a patient describes something to you, it's not just something that you've heard about; it's right. something that you've lived through and experienced, which to us was invaluable when we're trying to explain things. And it's, and I will be honest with you: you're the first doctor that has truly understood when we say that she was experiencing something. Because I even had a doctor tell me if I like pulled me aside and asked if I thought she was making this up. And that was very heartbreaking.
0: Now, I want to thank the Dailies for taking the time to have a candid conversation about their daughter's journey with CRPS. It could have been a tragic story like so many other young people dealing with this diagnosis, whether it's CRPS or whether it's AMPS. But the reality is, is their daughter was able to regain her life. She's at a zero pain level, and I am positive that their story will resonate with so many other people out there. So again, I want to thank you, The Daily Family, for taking the time to have that candid conversation. And their story, like so many others, could have ended up in heartbreak, but they knew that they had to find a way for their daughter to regain their life, to go back to normal activities and live that happy, fulfilled life, and they did. The daily story is not unusual. Their daughter's outcome is one that you can have too. Now, I don't put out Hollywood-style videos and I don't require you to be away from home for months on end. And I want you to put you through painful modalities. Instead, we will listen. We'll get to know you, we'll treat you as a guest rather than a patient, and I will individualize a protocol to meet your specific needs And the bottom line is, we will walk by your side even after you leave our clinic. And I want you to remember your body is incredible. It's magnificently designed to heal. So I want you to hold on to that hope and know that you are not supposed to give up. You can do this. And you have a treatment option in front of you that really can help you get across that finish line. As someone that lived with type 2 CRPS, I know how hard it is. And I know how important it is to find that treatment that works for you, to find a program that truly understands what you're going through. No matter what you've been told, there is hope and there is help. And I'm here to help you. If you or someone you know is living with CRPS, I encourage you to reach out to us. We offer a free confidential consultation, and you can reach us through our website, through telephone, through email, whatever is the easiest for you. So I encourage you to go to www.holisticcentertreatment.com or reach us at 844-994-0999, and our information is down below in the comments section too. The commitment and the compassion with which we care for individuals diagnosed with CRPS is matched only by our pioneering spirited discovery and innovation that will drive me and drive our entire staff to think differently, to find the answers and build a better tomorrow for every CRPS patient, no matter where you're at. I truly hope that you enjoyed this episode on the Healing Hub podcast, and I hope that we've brought you some positive resources and information and even a ray of sunshine and hope. And remember, together we can make a difference.